Hello and welcome to Who Is She, a podcast sharing the voice I wish I had in my 20s and navigating how to thrive in your 30s. I'm your host, Danielle, and I'm so glad you're here. This is a safe space to talk through all the in-between moments, consider different perspectives, and ultimately go for the life we want to live. Get comfortable and let's get started. Hi guys, welcome back to the Who Is She podcast. I took a week off. We'll just call that right out. I took a week off because I had gotten back from a trip. I made it a point to bring all my podcasting stuff that we didn't really end up getting to use because I couldn't figure it out technologically. But we still recorded. I made it a point to do that. But I got home and I just felt like I was totally spent. And not just like mentally, but like physically too. I, I can tell pretty quickly, pretty easily if I'm about to get sick. I, I used, this used to happen all the time when I would overexert earlier in my 20s. And when I was in my early 20s, I would just push past it and then I would always end up getting sick. Anyway, so I don't do that anymore. And I knew that that was the case. So I took a week off and did do the podcast, but we're back. We're excited. We're ready to go. This week, I asked you guys on my Instagram story to submit questions for me. I get DMs all the time. And honestly, I don't answer many of them because I'm not a therapist. And I love that you guys trust me enough to ask me these things. But I get very, very long DMs asking for my opinion on like people's personal situations. And I understand because of the type of content I make why that happens. But at the same time, I don't really, I don't, hmm, how do I say this? I'm not a service for that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I figure to quench that thirst, I could have an advice column. Um, episode, recurring episode that we do called Ask, Ask D, where you can do that. You can ask me specific questions and I'll do my best to answer them. Um, this is sort of a, um, th- this concept was inspired by one of my favorite influencers, Peyton Sarton. And um, she has a, a podcast called Note to Self. And she does ask P. So I was like, I'll do ask D. Uh, um, so just wanted to shout that out. I'm like choking. Hold on. So as we get into this, let's just level set. Okay. What I read here and my answers to your guys' questions are just my opinion with minimal information. You know your life best. You can make your own decisions, and I believe in your knowledge of yourself and your situation in order to take what I'm saying with a grain of salt and make the best decision for you. So in no way, just want to be very clear, should my word be what you consider to be fact. I know some of you listening are like, why does she even need to say that? You would be surprised. Okay, let's get into it. Let's just jump right in. There are three things that I pulled aside from the submissions. Two of them 
I'm not going to answer because I'm actually going to make full episodes on them. They're already slotted to be episode topics. Those two things are how to meet slash make good girlfriends as an adult. I've made a couple of TikToks and Instagrams on this. Um, So it's in, uh, I believe, my Big Sis playlist. So if you want to see that, you can, it's like a summarized version, but I believe that topic deserves an entire episode. So that will be coming. That was actually a popular submission. So maybe that's what we'll do next week. The next one is advice for anyone starting a podcast. And I am going to make an episode um, about step-by-step how to do this, because it feels, if you haven't made it a podcast before, it feels like such a big deal. And how do I do this? And, you know, they must know something I don't. Literally, it's just Google and then you just do the next right thing. So I'm going to lay out my steps of what I did and make it super duper simple. So that'll be an entire episode. The third one is skincare and dealing with adult breakouts slash confidence. Now, the first thing I want to say on this is that we are all so different. So What will work for me might not work for you and vice versa. So I'm not super, I could talk about my own experience, but I don't know how helpful that would be. You know what I'm saying? But I do have a resource for you. One of my friends, um, Alexi McKinley, uh, I will tag her in the show notes. She has dealt with recurring really aggressive cystic acne for a long time. And um, every everything you could think of when it comes to dealing with the acne problem, she's done. She, I, I believe she has experience with Accutane. Um, it's just all the things, all the topicals, treatments, facials, you name it. Um, I actually discovered her through, um, I believe, what was her first viral video where she was just really vulnerable and was like, I'm so done with this. And she was in the middle of a a really aggressive breakout. And it is all consuming and it's a very, it's a very sensitive topic. But the reason I point to her is because she has a lot of content on this. She um, also has taken the approach of trying to heal her acne from the inside out, which I think is very interesting and can actually benefit everyone. So regardless of what each and everyone's skin type is or challenges, trying to do this from the... I don't, the holistic approach where you're watching your diet, you're watching, um, you know, what you're consuming both through your food and through your pores and, um, all all over health. She's, she's got a whole, whole spiel on it. So I'll tag her in the show notes. If you want to check that out, go ahead. Um, so those are the three things that I separated out from the list. Okay. So the next one, any tips on how to survive the holidays with family? I love mine, but sometimes it gets stressful. I hear you. I personally have been blessed with a family that, um, I don't, I don't know how else to say this, but is, doesn't have family drama. Like we, I have a really, really small family. It's me and my dad and my stepmom. So we just, we're pretty close knit, but I do have a lot of friends that are in this boat and I understand how spending time with family 
whether it's big or small, depending on what's happened in your life and what's happened in everyone's lives can be stressful. And just being around people, being stuck with someone, maybe you're going home for the holidays and just the idea of that stresses you out. And I can imagine how maybe knowing that you're going home for the holidays, it could feel maybe like you're trapped a little bit because you might not have your own space. What I think about when I hear this question is going into it with a game plan because you can't control what your family's going to do or say or you know what's going to happen but you can have maybe a contingency plan. And what I would include in that is understanding your barometer for when you need a break. <laughs> when you need to maybe take a moment to yourself. Um so understanding like and thinking about the process of if I get to this point I need an out. I need to step outside and spend five minutes by myself, just deep breathing and not be around anyone in my family. So I would think about that so that you're prepared to be able to separate yourself for a moment to give yourself a moment to breathe. The other thing that I think about is you can't control what your family's going to do or say, but you can control what you're going to do or say. So I might come to my holiday with my family if I were in that situation prepared with things that I might say to um, enforce boundaries. So um, I guess this is a little aggressive, but I had a situation where this is different, but this is how I'm relating to it. I went to my dad's retirement party and my dad and my mom who passed away have this friend that they've known since before I was born. And he's like this old guy. And um, I showed up to the retirement party and I haven't seen him in like five to seven years. And it's sort of like, you know, when you're around like a family friend and like every time they see you, you're more blossomed and developed or whatever. And he just had no awareness, no um, awareness of what is appropriate anymore um, to say to people, to women specifically, what society is no longer allowing men to. <laughs> anyway, so he says something along the lines of, are you married? And I said, no. And he's like, well, what are you waiting for? And I was like, I was so baffled that I just didn't even have anything to say. And this is the exact thing that I'm trying to con uh, convey is, you know, your family and what might come up. I might practice in my head responses of how to enforce boundaries. So for that situation, if I had time to think about it and I knew that that was going to be something that might come up. I would have practiced saying something along the lines of maybe, I'm curious how you think that's appropriate to say to me. Or whatever feels right to you. <laughs> um, but just practicing enforcing boundaries with things that maybe you know are sensitive topics, um, however you'd like to deal with it. Maybe it's in the method I just said, where you ask a question and put it, the onus back on that. Maybe it's something where you're just like, I actually am not going to be discussing that and just shutting something down. 
I find that practicing by yourself enforcing boundaries makes it easier to do. It's like when you practice a speech. I don't know if that's going to be received well, but that that would be my thought because when you're going home for the holidays, you cannot control what other people are doing. You can only control what you're doing. So I would say just have a plan, know when you need a break, take time if you need it, and uh, practice your boundaries. Okay. Um, the next one, how do you trust God's timing in your life? How do you not compare? So I am in a season where I am the only single gal in my group now. Um, these are recent events. Couple of my friends just got into relationships, which I'm so happy for because they deserve it and it is it's a good thing, but it has shifted things. So whereas we might have gotten together every week and we are together Friday and or Saturday and then Sunday morning for church, it just isn't like that anymore because they have other people in their lives. Um and in my earlier twenties, if I were in this situation, I might fall down the trap of when is it going to be my turn? When when can I have that? Why is everyone around me having this and I'm not? And I think with time, age has just provided me, age and faith have provided me with just a sense of calm around this. Um, I do genuinely believe that when you are happy for people around you, that that is the um, testament of truly loving people around you. Um, and how, how I trust God's timing with my life is just kind of coming back to the concept of faith. I just posted about this yesterday. Um, I know that God is all-powerful. I know that God knows everything. I know that he foreknew me. He predestined me. And that there's this whole wonderful life that he has for me. I also know that he put the desires of my heart in my heart for a reason so that he could fulfill them should I pursue the path that he has for me. So knowing all of this, it's sort of reminding myself of faith. I know that I desire to be in a relationship and a marriage that hasn't happened yet. And I know that God put that desire in me. And so if God put it there, I have faith that he is going to deliver. Um, and there's a lot that's said that's really hard to, it makes sense logically, but it's hard to really get behind it emotionally. And I understand that. Um, you see a lot of like, uh, it's not memes, but um, you know, those quote posts on Instagram and, and stuff where it's like, I would rather wait five years and get married at 35 to my perfect person than settle at 30 and have a terrible marriage. But it's, it's true. Maybe the reason that it hasn't happened yet, whatever it is, I used my example, which is the relationship and the marriage and the kids and all of that. But whatever it is, maybe it's career for you. Maybe it's um, location. Maybe it's, I don't know. But having faith that the things that you want are not a coincidence and that they will be delivered if you pursue God. 
I think that's how I deal with it. And I think that's how I, it, that component, that logic behind it is how I'm able to not compare. One person's blessing doesn't mean that I'm not going to be blessed. You know what I'm saying? Okay, next. Any advice on gaining confidence? Dating apps have ruined me. I think this is a really common thing is it's a very vulnerable position to put yourself on a dating app and then maybe not get any matches or maybe you get matched with people and it's just slim pickings. You know what I'm saying? Like there's not really pursuit there. And I think that is part of the app dating culture. And honestly, I just got back on the dating apps and I haven't really, hmm, how do I say this? I don't put so much effort in, but I also find that reciprocated back from men. So I guess what I'm trying to say is um, don't use don't take what you have felt from dating apps to be truth about your confidence. You know what I'm saying? Because what, just like anything else, the response or lack of response that you're getting from people on dating apps is all about them and where they're at. Kind of like how I don't really put much effort in, but I'm not really getting much effort back. That's all about me. That has nothing to do with the other people. Um, so in gaining confidence, what I would say is, it's a very inward shift. Um, I would say, think about the things that you like to do and do more of that. When you're doing things that you're good at, that you enjoy, I think that builds confidence. We also touched on this in uh, the Girl Talk episode. I think it's episode five. You can jump back there. Um, I don't know if you are of faith, but I would say my personal opinion in gaining confidence is understanding what God says about me. God says that I am unique. There's no one else like me. That was intentional because I am, like we talked about, predestined to do and be all of these things that he has for me. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. There's no one else that can be you. Only you can be you. And so like the law, the, I think this is the way I think is like putting logic behind something and then allowing myself to feel it. Um, the logic behind that is that I am one in how many people are there on earth? Six billion, seven billion. And so I feel very unique. I also have made it a point, like I said, to pursue all the things that I love that I'm good at. Um, that has really sky skyrocketed my confidence. Um, so I, I think, I think that would be my answer. Another thing to mention on gaining confidence is things to stop doing. And I've said this over and over again, but depending on what you have seen or heard from me, um, I'll mention it again. About three years ago, right before I started doing social media, I unfollowed literally hundreds of people on Instagram. This was mostly the accounts that I didn't know. You follow like a whole bunch of random accounts that you got inspo from or whatever. But what I was finding is that it, 
it made me feel bad about myself. So for a while, I unfollowed all the Kardashians. Um, any, I, I, I literally just, first I went to my following list. This is practically how I did it. So I went to my following list and I just unfollowed. Like if I had no idea what the account was, I just took them off because why? And then, um, then I went to my feed and I started scrolling from, you know, just my regular Instagram feed. And if what I saw didn't make me feel good, which again, doesn't have anything to do with them. It doesn't mean that what they're doing is wrong. It just, I'm responsible for my own triggers. And this is partially how I started to love my own body is that I removed all of those things that made me feel less than. You would be surprised at how much you can actually filter out. Um, You can also, this is a little extensive, but I really recommend it. It's just coming to mind again. I retrained my algorithms. If you like a whole bunch of bikini pictures and all of I love the Kardashians, but I'm just going to say it. All of Kylie's posts. Guess what's going to show up on your feed? Guess what's going to show up in your explore feed or your explore page or your for you page? That's what's going to show up. If you open my explore page right now, you're going to be shocked at this. My close friends won't be. (laughs) It's all frogs, dogs, and videos of Britney Spears from the 90s. That's my explore page because I stopped liking all of the things that were feeding my algorithm and intentionally started liking things that I actually liked when it made me happy or smile or I was like, that's cute, like baby animals. And I might be over filtered now, but it has given me in terms of a social media perspective so much confidence in my, specifically my, my physical appearance. I, I was finally able to let go of the destination mindset of, oh, if I just get my waist to this size and my hips to this size, then I'll be good enough. Oh, if I could just look this way in this dress, I, I was able to let that go because of retraining the algorithm to then not digest the things that were bad for me. That was a long-winded answer, but I hope that helps. Okay. Um, The next question is, I grew up with atheist parents, but I have faith. How do I start? I want to find God. And then I got another question that said, how do I start my faith journey? This is so cool to me because I feel like, just personally, I've been trying to find my way with where I want to go with all of this, all the TikTok, all the Instagram, all of the social media stuff. And I don't think I'm meant to be like a pastor or a preacher or anything like that. I don't think I'm meant, I think I'm meant to be this. I'm meant to be your normal person friend who is able to have conversations with you about the juice, the magic, the sparkle of life, including faith and God. Um, so I love this question. Um, 
And actually, I didn't grow up in faith either. Um, I, I don't know if I would say my parents are were atheist. I think my mom was a little bit more on the atheist side. And then my dad growing up was more like, mm, I know something bigger is going on, but I'm not. I'm not sure, but didn't really lean into like curiosity about that. Um, And now my dad is definitely, I don't think he ascribes to a certain faith, but he has faith. He, he, yeah. So anyway, but I didn't grow up with it either. Um, And what I would say is when you say, how do I start? I would just want to encourage you that you asking the question, is your start. So good job. You are, you have already started. There's a verse that says, ask and you shall receive, knock and the door shall be opened. And it's, and seek and you shall find. And it's, it's such a beautiful verse because it's so um, transcendent about everything in life. When you start asking the questions, that's the catalyst to getting to whatever place that you want to get to. Um, Practically, what I would say is start seeking information. So um, I think TikTok and Instagram are actually really great resources for um, finding things that align with your interests. Um, There are so many great creators out there that uh, are Christian creators. Um, I, I don't know how to say her name. I think it's Ali Yost or Yost. She has a podcast called Christ with Coffee on Ice. Um, She's a very popular Christian creator. And anytime I see her posts, it just lights up my day because it's it's sort of a similar thing. She's a little bit more um, Jesus-focused, I would say, where um, that's her whole whole niche, and, and I love it. But it's just... The reason I say this, and some of you could be listening to this who are super deep in your faith, and I just want to ask you to take a breath and uh, peel off any of the judgment you might have had about what I just said. Here's why. If someone has no faith in their life, I think the best way to start is to start getting little seedlings into their everyday life. It's just like if you were to tell someone who wants to lose weight that they need to get on a meal plan and go to the gym every day. They're going to burn themselves out if they go too hard, too soon, too fast. You know what I'm saying? And what a better way to retrain your algorithm, talk about that, um, than to sprinkle seeds of faith into what you're subconsciously digesting on a daily basis. So I would say the things that you're already doing, seek information um, from, you know, the the topics that you're interested in, including faith, Christianity, uh, your relationship with God, how to pray, things like that. I would also say... Um, check out churches in your area. Um, it may take you a minute to find one that you like, but just think of it as like a, a fun experiment. Just go church hopping and see where you feel comfortable, where you, uh, where you really, it made, gave you joy to attend. And again, any of you Christians out there that are listening to this, that are already super deep in your faith, I would challenge you to just any, any shame that you may have thought about what I just said, take a step back. This is someone who's new to faith. Um, 
in my mind, I, I could see someone saying, well, you should have the, the great experience any church you go to. That's not always the case. Um, so anyway, I would say find a church that, um, that you like and use it as a fun activity. Like instead of whatever you would do on the weekends, um, switch that up to on Sunday, each Sunday for the next month, I'm going to check out a new church and see how that goes. I would also say in terms of reading the Bible, sometimes depending on what translation, that's a difficult book to read. Um, but there are uh, what's called study Bibles and they have um, the scripture, but then they also have um, like breakdowns of the text on the side. So I would recommend maybe looking into that um, as you start this journey. There's also a lot of resources on YouTube for both praise and worship um, and sermons from pastors around the world. Some of my favorite um, pastors, obviously my home church is Redemption in San Jose, and my favorite pastor of all time is Ron Carpenter, so I'm biased. (laughs) But um, I also really like Stephen Furtick. I, I don't, I never know if I'm saying his name right, but I like him. Um, I also like Bishop T.D. Jakes. Um, and so you can just sort of uh, pop on YouTube and see uh, different sermons, different pastors. Um, and then praise and worship is also another component of, of this topic. My favorite by far is Maverick City Music. I think I was in the top 98% of listeners, or I guess you would say top 2% of listeners, um, year before last, I just think the anointing on them is so, so good. And it's just, uh, tangible. It, you can feel what we would call in the Christian community, the oil dripping down them. And it just feels, you just feel it. So I'd take a look at that. And I would, I guess the overall answer is, is start substituting your normal for components of faith. If you would normally listen to just normal music, pop music, rap music, whatever it is, switch that up to maybe a praise and worship station, maybe um, search a a Christian playlist. Um, And something that I didn't know is you can be pretty specific on Spotify with what you're looking for. And there are pre-made playlists from other people just on Spotify. So you can literally just be like upbeat Christian music and it'll come out with that. So I don't know if that's helpful, but maybe, maybe it is. Okay. Last thing that I just thought of on this topic is try to get around other people that have or believe what you want to have or believe. So if you have no Christian friends, when you go church hopping, maybe introduce yourself to someone because it's really hard to do something by yourself if no one else wants to do it. And depending on what that situation looks like, I'm not telling you, 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 don't, you can't have your friends anymore. I'm just saying that like, if you want to go to church on Sunday, but none of your friends want to, you can either go alone or you can have someone at church that you also are friends with. You know what I'm saying? And it makes it a little bit easier. You're creating community around you. Okay, next question. Making big life decisions in your 20s as a Christian. I get so stuck. 
Okay. I want to go slightly different direction with this because, and I'm not sure if this is what the question intended, but I, it's on my heart to say it. A lot of the culture, the church culture right now is, um, in my opinion, there's a lot of shame going around. There's a lot of shame going around of what you should or you shouldn't be doing where we're missing the big point, the big picture there. Um, Jesus calls us to love one another. So it's really none of my business what someone else is doing. This is my own personal opinion. And if someone is spending time shaming someone or even just telling them their opinion of what they think is right or wrong about what someone else's life is like is just so... Uh, out of pocket, in my opinion. The reason I say this is relating to the question, how do I make uh, decisions, big decisions in my 20s as a Christian? I feel like this question is prompted by maybe the fear of being judged by others. And the reality is, and I'm giving you permission and validating you right now, it doesn't matter what other people think. Now, with that being said, there is a component of our faith that should be at the center of our own decisions, but your decisions, whatever you decide to do, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. So what that looks like is you getting with God, whatever that looks like for you, maybe that's quiet time prayer. I like to pray in my car. I I do a lot of out loud prayer in my car. I'm just talking to myself. Um, sometimes I pray in the shower. Maybe that means sitting in, in, in worship and sitting just with him and feeling the Holy Spirit point you and guide you. Uh, maybe that means praying over it and looking for signs. Um, but I just, I want to encourage you that The decisions that you make as a Christian should not be influenced by other Christians, what you believe other people want from you. It should be between you and God, and it's no one else's business. I hope that that helps. I don't mean to be aggressive, but I, I have felt this just as someone who posts some faith-based content sometimes and then I get feedback as like in so many words this isn't enough or this isn't real and I'm just like this is also not your business so (laughs) next question how to stop feeling like a guy saying he likes you is a fluke slash lapse in judgment on his end okay my sweet little walnut what I'm hearing in this question is that you don't believe it you don't believe that a guy could like you that's where you need to start. Why don't you believe that? Why do you believe that you are not likable? That's where you start. And you start by doing the work to unpack why you believe these things that are not true. Because let me tell you, you are lovable. You are worth a relationship. You are worth the things that you dream about. Um, so to be very simple about it, 
This is an internal journey that you're going to need to start in order to receive, to be able to receive that. One thing that might be helpful with this is journaling on this. So like answering the questions that I said, what do I believe about myself? Do I believe that I'm likable slash lovable? Why or why not? Why do I believe? Why do I think I believe that? Is it true? Is that really true? Do some journaling on that. Um, Obviously, therapy is a great place to talk through that and maybe uncover some things. Um, Not everyone can. That's not available to everyone, so I understand that. Um, Again, I go back to social media. It's such a good tool. You can search worthiness. You can search... um, attachment styles and theories. You can search a bunch of psychological topics and there's a bunch of resource resources. Um, so I might, I might look into that. Another thing that I found this year that I started, stopped, and I should go back to it now that I'm thinking about it is what's called subconscious reprogramming. And it's where we want to believe certain things about ourselves and we know that it's probably true, but the belief behind it, we just can't get behind it. And that's because the way that we've, the things that have fed our brain has actually hardwired connections that are really, really hard to break. And um, there's different stages of, you know, what your brain is doing at different times. And subconscious reprogramming is basically right before you go to sleep and right as you wake up, your brain is able to receive information in a different way. So what I actually did was I used this app called Parrot and you're able to create a um, recording that will loop and then you can set that as your alarm and you can also play it and it will you can set it like a sleep timer before you go to sleep and it'll just play on loop so I put I did like some I did some pretty extensive work of like what do I want in life um what do I what do I want to feel about myself what do I want to accomplish and then the other side of it was um the negative. What do I, what are the negative things that I don't want to admit that I believe, but I do believe about myself? One of them that I'll share and be vulnerable with you guys is I'm only pretty when I change everything about myself. And that's something that's like, oh, it's, it's icky for me to even say, but I do know there's some hardwiring in my brain that believes that. And so I recorded this like 45 second to a minute recording of, flipping that belief on its head. So I I think I said something along the lines of, I am beautiful just the way I am without making any changes. I don't need to wear makeup. I don't need to tan. I don't need to do my hair. Just as I am, I am beautiful and worthy. And ooh, I just felt good saying that. Um, But along with some other subconscious reprogramming statements, I put that on my recording and I went to sleep and woke up with that um, for a week. And I do feel like there was a difference when I was doing that. So maybe you and me are going to do that. Advice on how to get out of a rut after something traumatic takes place and get back your spark. Oh man, I hear that you want to to leave this place. You don't want to feel this anymore. You're ready to move on. And I understand that, but when something traumatic happens, sometimes it just takes time. Um, 
I'm proud of you for wanting movement. I'm proud of you for not wallowing in the past. Um, I think it would really take me understanding more information about what this, you know, what trauma, you know, this is kind of the component where like, I'm not, I'm just giving advice. I'm not a therapist. I'm not sure. Um, but I would say, um, making sure that you're processing, making sure that you're feeling what you need to feel. I think maybe something that would be helpful is if something traumatic took place, um, maybe being intentional in putting yourself into situations and environments where you feel safe. So maybe that means you spend extra time with your friends. Um, maybe that means you are doing a little bit extra self-care um, in order to get your heart and your mind to feel a little bit better from what might have happened. But I just want to like lay grace over you and 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 give you encouragement that sometimes it's just going to take time. So I, I hope that for you and I hope things get better. Okay, next question. Advice on how to stop living subconsciously in survival mode and being overwhelmed. Whew. Um, I just want to send you a big hug because I can tell that that is just so exhausting. And I think a lot of people listening to this probably feel that too. Um, something I want to encourage you, and this is, um, this is, I think episode six of how to live your dream life. I think a lot of times when we're in survival mode and we're just on the hamster wheel. And again, I don't know if this is what you're meaning, but I'm just reading the question. So this is how my brain is answering it. Um, when we're on the hamster wheel, we're doing all these things in a pattern because we believe we have to do them um, without even having a moment to question, do I even want this? So I would say your first step would be to um, make space to understand what parts of your life maybe aren't things that are serving you. Um, I I would listen to that episode, How to Live Your Dream Life. I go into extensive detail on this. And if I try to give you a description without like a full-blown episode, I don't think it, I I think it will come off wrong. So go listen to um, How to Live Your Dream Life, episode six. Next question. Um, How do you handle days slash weeks when you're feeling anxious or depressed? So the first thing I want to call out is that I do not suffer with um, clinical anxiety or depression, and I feel so blessed that I don't. However, I do know that a lot of people do, and a lot of you might be in that category. So um, again, I'm just going to give my take on it, Um, but I just want to, again, lay grace over that because we're all different, and what you're experiencing is different than what I'm experiencing. What I would say though, as I think about this a lot, is there are days where I just don't want to do the laundry. I just, the dishes pile up, the house is a mess, and I just sit there and I'm like, 
I'm, I can't, I'm paralyzed. I can't do anything. And it just gets worse and worse. But something that a revelation that came to me, um, that made me feel better about this and has come to mind every time I get in that situation, which does happen quite frequently. And I wouldn't say that's anxiety or depression, but I do that. That's how I relate to this question is things tend to pile up. And then I just feel, I feel a difference in how I feel versus when everything is together, when I'm, you know, it's just, it's lower energy, it's exhaustion, it's compounded. And so the revelation that came to me was, I d- I'm not going to do those things now. But it's not like I'll never do them. There will be a day that I wake up and those dishes won't seem so overwhelming to me. But that day is not today and that's okay. And I just give myself a little bit of mercy on that and know and believe that maybe tomorrow's the day. And, um, and then I'll wake up and I won't feel quite the same way anymore. And those things that have felt so insurmountably large to me don't feel that big. And I'm able to do a little bit of it. Um, so my answer to this is give yourself grace. Know that it's not always going to feel this way. And if it does always feel this way, if it's been weeks and weeks and weeks, um, maybe understand if it might be time for help. Um, Help can come in a lot of different forms. Help can come in the form of communication with friends. It can come in the form of uh, reaching out to close ones, loved ones. It can come in the form of therapy. It can come in the form of uh, medication. and all of these things, depending on what your situation calls for, are okay. It's actually a form of self-love to be taking care of yourself this way. So my first part of the answer is give grace to yourself. Know that it's not always going to be this way. But if it does feel like this is your pattern rather than your anomaly, maybe it would be time to take a look um, at at what what help you can get. Or if you already have help, maybe there are some shifts that need to take place. Um, again, I hope that I hope that you guys are giving me grace in these answers because I'm doing my best from very minimal information that's being submitted. So all right, next, what to do if in a long-term relationship, I am not on the same page with my five-year boyfriend in parentheses, lifestyle slash priorities. Next year, we will have a big change in our lives and he will be graduating med school. And that will definitely change our dynamic. Hospital and patients will come first. Okay, I don't know your situation. I don't know if maybe this is someone you just started. Oh wait, no, you said five-year boyfriend. Okay, I do know that. Girl, that's hard. That is tough. Um. Speaking as an outside party, I think it's something to consider if that life works for you. Because it doesn't just start and stop with med school. If this person is going to become a doctor, that's going to be, depending on what doctor they're going to be, a reality. 
if they're a surgeon, they're always going to be on call, right? And does that work for you? Maybe it does. Um, And maybe that means you love this person enough that you are okay with that. Um, But I, I would encourage you to be really, really, really honest about what you want and what you don't want. And then use your gut knowing to make some decisions. I would say it would be a good thing to talk about with your partner. Um, I wouldn't make any rash decisions without doing that. Um, And maybe a starting point is just saying, hey, I'm really concerned about this because, you know, all the reasons that you listed here is like things are going to change. The amount of time that we're going to be able to have together is going to be different. And, you know, explain what you thought about yourself, about what you want and explain that and talk through it with your partner. Um, Ultimately, you are the person that gets to call the shots of your life. And um, I think sometimes we do things and accept things because we've already invested so much time into situations that it makes it feel permanent. Um, Like if I've already invested so much in this, like why would I just like throw in the towel now? And I'm not saying to throw in the towel, but I just want to... um, from a big sister perspective, let you know that you are able to have everything you want in life. Just because you've worked really, really hard for something. Um, This is also in the uh, How to Live Your Dream Life episode. Not just relationships, but career. Maybe you've dedicated five years of your time to school for a certain career that you now hate just because you dedicated that time like yes it's a bummer but doesn't mean that you have to have that career forever doesn't mean that you have to be in that relationship forever so if you're truly okay with it then um being open with your partner about your concerns and then maybe um talking about what you guys could do to um help with how challenging you know it's going to be but I know that that feels like and sounds like an impossible situation. And so I'm, I'm sending you so much encouragement and so much love. Okay, last question. Um, early 20s, feeling depressed partly because adult life just isn't as glamorous as you thought. Welcome to the club, baby. Um, and unfortunately, I don't even like that it's a club. But I remember coming home from my first like adult job after college and sitting down with my dad. And um, when I first, I'm, I'm in tech sales. Some of you asked in this submission, what do I do? So technology sales, I sell software. Um, and when I first started, I uh, was working in office and um, I went in at 7 a.m. and I left at four. And then I left from my job to go straight to the gym at five, five o'clock or so. Um, and then I worked out, got out about like seven and then I came home and I ate and then I had like an hour or two to myself. I went to bed and then I did the same thing over and over again. And I remember, um, in between living in my apartment and then when I got my condo, when I moved home for a little bit, um, sitting with my dad and being like, dad, I just, I work my whole life. 
this is my, all of my time is at work. This is, this can't be right. And he's like, yep, that's life. And I was like, but um, I didn't, I didn't sign up for this. (laughs) And so I really understand what you're saying about like adult life isn't as glamorous as you thought. This is another question that I would point you towards um, the how to live your dream life episode because, again, there are things that we do or situations that we're in that we are only doing because we believe we have to. Now, over the course of the last, how long have I been doing this? 2015, 16 four, three, the last seven years, almost eight years in tech sales, my job has changed drastically where I now work from home. And that's a whole different thing. I don't have to get ready and be presentable in the office and then, you know, spend every day, 7am to 4pm there. I am at home and I was, um, you know, this is partially affected by the pandemic um, and starting to work from home. But what I'm, what I'm saying is you have the power to start making decisions to align more to what you want. So maybe your life consists of things that really aren't glamorous that you have to do right now. You have to provide for yourself. And that's part of your early 20s. And I get that. But you're going to have opportunities to start making shifts as you get a little bit older and have a little bit more experience to let go of some of the things that you just you don't need to be doing. Um, you will also get more used to all of the adult things that suck. <laughs> the paying of the bills, the um, if I don't take the trash out, it's not going out. The if I don't wash my clothes, they're not going to get washed. The responsibility aspect of adulthood. like. Those things, you'll have opportunities to change in the ways that you want to let go of things that you don't want, and you will also get more used to the things that are just a part of being a part of life. So it's going to get better is my answer. Um, and I encourage you to lean into understanding what it is that you want and start making those little changes if that's the case. And you're not doing anything wrong. You're in your early 20s, and I was there too. I was there until 23 or 24, and that's when I started making some changes. Um, Yeah. All right, guys. This was great. I hope. I hope you liked it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all of your encouragement. You guys are serious. Like I turned off my DMs because I just, it stresses me out, but you guys go out of your way to go to my profile and DM me how much you enjoy my content. And I do really, really appreciate that. I just turned off my DMs for like, you know, the things that I don't want to the negative things. And also like if someone replies to my story with an emoji, it stresses me out to like have to open that message and then have like a clear inbox. So anyway, that's why I turned it off, but I appreciate you reaching out to me and telling me how much you really like the content. Um, we are back on track for our weekly episodes. Um, and love you. Bye. 
This is the part of the podcast where I ask you to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and share with your friends. Even if you want to like screenshot this and tag me on Instagram and I'll repost you on my story, I would so appreciate it. Word of mouth from your friends is the most powerful way to share something of value. So if you could do that for me, love you forever. Okay. Love you. Bye.